Are you guys ready? Yeah. All right. Um, let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you're a God that speaks to us and meets us right where we're at, God. So would you meet us this morning? Would you speak to us? Lord, I pray that, um, Lord, that you would just, Lord, I can teach, but you can speak. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak this morning. Um, God, I pray that the words out of my mouth would honor you and that they would just be from you. Lord, I know I'm just a messenger. And so, um, God, would you be honored and would you be taught this morning? And um, would we get to know you deeper and deeper in loving relationship? In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said? Amen. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to Colossians chapter 1. If you weren't with us last week, we are starting through a new series in Colossians 1.15 through 23. This is a letter that's written by a guy named Paul the Apostle. He writes it to the church at Coloss. And this church had been going through just a lot, a lot of heresy. Even about Jesus himself, about what it meant to actually follow the Lord. What did it actually mean to follow Jesus? And there were false teachings about it. And there were so many, in fact, that Paul had to write a letter as a pastor of that church. As someone who oversaw, he had to write a letter in order to teach him the right way. And so instead of saying, this is false, this is false, this is false, to all the ways that were wrong, he writes a letter focusing completely on Christ. And he focuses completely on the truth of who Christ is, because if you know who the genuine Jesus Christ is in your heart, it will make it that much easier to recognize what is false and what is not true. And so last week, we, we went over this section, um, and we looked at all these different ways that Jesus is Lord. It's all about Jesus in this section, that we're looking at all the different ways that he's the Son of God to us. In fact, you even look at a title like the name Jesus that was given from the angel Gabriel, um, that, that in itself was an earthly title, Jesus, which means um, one who forgives our sins, Emmanuel, God with us. He's always been known as the Son of God. Um, Jesus, in a sense, is, a way, is an earthly title that we get to relate to him in. And that's who God is. He's someone that we're able to relate to in a, in a humanly sense because he's fully God, but he became fully man so that we'd be able to understand who God was. And last week, if you remember, we looked at verse 15 to start it off, where it says that the Son is the image of the invisible God. That's chapter 1, verse 15. He says, the Son is the, invisible, or the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. That Jesus is this, he's this visible revelation of who God is in a way that we can comprehend. And so, it continues on in this section in verse 16, where Paul would say this about Jesus. He says, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. I'm going to read that one more time. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Uh, word of God, can we say amen? Amen. Paul looks at this, this scripture here where it continues to describe who God is, and he gets into creation. He gets into the specifics that God... Jesus himself is God, but in him all things were created. Things that are in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, powers and authorities and the, all the like. And so 
you get this look at who God is as the creator of all things, where it would even speak about in the very first verse in the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And Jesus himself is fully God, and Paul points to that and says, yes, God created the heavens and the earth, which means Jesus created the heavens and the earth. Jesus was fully there, and he was fully involved in everything that had to do with creation. And what it would even say in another part of the Bible, in John chapter 1, when it speaks about Jesus, it says, nothing that has been made was made without him. That nothing that exists around us, nothing that that was created, wasn't approved by Jesus, and that Everything that you see around you that was created was approved by God. And that had God's hand on it. That Jesus was involved in every little bit of it. And that carries a lot of weight because that means Jesus isn't just our Lord and our Savior. He is and he's fully and he's good at it. But he's also the architect of the entire universe. That Jesus was one who created and constructed the whole world around us as we know it. He's the one who keeps everything in balance as it says, before him all things hold together. That Jesus is this, he's the author of everything around us. That literally he wrote us, he spoke us into existence. And there's a powerful title that comes with that because that puts him even more into perspective as God of our lives because... For the most part, as humans, as everyone human in this room, yeah, don't answer that. <laughs> well, you know, my parents say, you know. we inherit things as humanity. We can inherit and we can take things that are already created to make other things. But God creates things. And there's a difference between that because we inherit things, but God is the, ultimately the one that can create things. It would even say in Romans 4.17... As Paul, in another letter, would describe, this is how he would describe God. God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Those are two characteristics that he gives of God that are very, very different from us. That were very different from the way that God is. That God has the ability to breathe life into things that are dead. We cannot do that. God also has the ability to create something out of nothing in front of us. So let me give you an example of that. You think about water. Water can take different forms. It can be a gas. It can be in the air. It can be a liquid that you actually drink. But it can also be a solid. It can be an ice around us. But just because it's changing forms doesn't necessarily mean that you're adding more water to it or that you're taking away water from it. You see, when we work on it like that, yeah, it's changing forms. It's changing even characteristics about it. But it stays the same. You see, God is the only one that can say, let there be water. And water comes out of nothing. God is the only one that can truly create something out of nothing. God's creation in itself does not disappoint us. Um, I love that Daniel actually shared that verse this morning to start, our, to start out our service because that's a verse that I wanted to share with you guys. Out of Romans one twenty, where it would describe God, it says, For since the creation of the world... Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Since the creation of the world, God's qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature, they're clearly seen in the creation around him. That when you look at the world around you, it points to the fact that there is a great author. There's a great God who's around us and who's created the world. 
and it doesn't disappoint. It's, it's pretty amazing for the most part. So I actually just wanted to share uh, just some facts with you guys. I found them on the internet, a very reliable source. You know, not Wikipedia. Don't try it. Um, so God is not only great, but he's also very detailed in the way that he creates us. And so does everybody see what's in my hand? Yeah, it's a golf ball. All the junior hires are like a golf ball, and then all the dudes in the back are like, a golf ball, you know. (laughs) This is a golf ball. So I want you guys to follow along and track with this example with me. Let's pretend that this is the earth right here, that this is the actual size of the earth in comparison to what we're about to compare with. When you think about the sun, the sun would be 15 feet in diameter compared to this. That's the size difference between the earth and the sun. The very light, the very source that God created himself by speaking into existence to provide for us. That would be about from where I'm at to the wall where that um, board comes out against there. So about a million of these could fit inside the sun. So when you think our world is big and you think our expanse is huge, you should look at just some of the things that God created. There's another star that God actually created and it's a little bit bigger. I can't even pronounce it. I'm going to just say Betelgeuse. We'll just say, or Betelgeuse. You know. Betelgeuse. This is a star that's very, very far away. The diameter of this star is the equivalent of six Empire State Buildings put on top of each other. That is how long it is. And this would be the size of the Earth compared to it. Now, that's not even one of the biggest stars. That's, that's huge, and God created that. And yet, we think we are the biggest on the block. There's another star. This is the name of it, V.Y. Canis Majoris. If this is the Earth, the actual diameter of the star would be the height of Mount Everest, close to 29,000 feet. That is a long, long way. That is a couple miles. And that's just the diameter of the star. And so when you think about even just the size of the universe, oh, by the way, there are 10 billion trillion stars in the universe. There are probably more stars in existence than grains of sand on all the world's beaches. That's the expanse of the universe that God created by breathing it into existence. And it even says that when God spoke the world and when he was creating the world around us, that angels were worshiping him because of how great he was and were saying, holy are you, God. You are holy, Lord, because of what you're able to do. Now, not only is our world completely grand and completely wide, it's also completely detailed. And one of God's greatest creations was mankind, actually. We are made in the image of God and the ability to be like God and to love like God. That is something that has been called on us, that has been breathed into us, that is unlike anything else in this universe. And so when you think about even just how detailed humanity was created, here's a couple more facts. You have 60,000 miles of blood vessels inside your body. Did you know that that when God created each and every one of you, you have 60,000 miles worth of blood vessels that are circulating through your body. That's enough to circle the earth twice. And that's inside each one of you guys. The human eye is so sensitive. Your eyes are so sensitive and they're so detail-oriented that if the world were flat and it was completely dark, you could see a candle from 30 miles away. That's how detailed God made your eyes to pick up certain things and to be able to calculate and understand what it is. 
If the human brain were a computer, it could perform 38,000 trillion operations per second. That's a lot. Just going to put that out there. That's the world's, now listen to this, the world's most powerful supercomputer, the most powerful supercomputer in the whole world can only manage 0.002% of that. So don't let anyone tell you you're not smart. You know what I mean? You're only 0.002% is what a supercomputer can do with the mind that you have inside of you. As well, your body is also very self-sustaining. You can produce 25 million new cells each second. Think about that. 25 million new cells to provide for you, to sustain you every second. So, not trying to be too punny, but all of you are very creative, huh? Huh? Anyone? Ha, ha, ha. Now, there's another thing as well that God created. A lot of you guys have heard of DNA, how many of you guys have heard of DNA in this room? A lot of you. If you've never heard of DNA in this room, I got you, I got you. Just a question, yes or no answer. Not your opinion. <laughs> DNA is the very writing, it's the very existence. It's, it's a code for who you are and explaining who you are um, that's within your body. Now think about this. If you put all the DNA molecules in your body from end to end, just in one person the DNA inside of you would reach from the earth to the sun and back over 600 times. That's 100 trillion times 6 feet divided by 92 million miles. Just inside of your body. That's how detailed your DNA is. Just inside one person that it would go to the sun and back 600 times. If you could type... Okay. If you could type 60 words per minute, if you were before a computer and you could type... 60 words per minute for eight hours a day. So now it's your full-time job. Let's say you're typing out your DNA. The human genome is what it's called. You know how long it would take you if you did eight hours a day? 60 words per minute. It would take you 50 years to write your own DNA. That's a full-time job. And you think about even school going from kindergarten through college with an average of about 16 to 17 years of school. And that seems long. And that seems like a bear on you. It would take you 50 years of of full work, eight hours a day, just to write out the very DNA inside of you. And not only that, what's even more incredible, just so you guys know, every human being shares 99% of their DNA with everyone else. That's pretty incredible to think that when we can look at each other and we can say, we're so different from one another, or we can say, they, they don't understand what I'm going through, or they're a lost cause, that God actually made them in a way that we're very similar to one another. And yet... Even with all these facts, which were pretty amazing, and that's, that's our God. So can we all say amen? Amen. That's our God, and that's who created the universe. And we could go through facts day and night for the rest of our lives, but who he is. But you think about when God looks at us and he says, I do everything for your own good. Or when he says, I have a perfect purpose for your life if you trust me. Or when he says in Romans 8.28 that God works for the good of all those who love him. He's speaking on behalf of someone who knows us inside and out. He's speaking to someone who created us, who knitted us just together himself. And even those times when we say, God, like, I can't let you understand what's going in my heart. Or I'm afraid to open my heart to you. And God stands there and he says, I actually know you better than you know yourself. I know you. I made you. I created you. 
The same way a mechanic could explain a car that he built, the same way an author could explain a book that he wrote, is the way that God is able to describe this world and to describe humanity. He made it himself. And when he made it, he made it with a purpose that the very reason that we exist is because of a purpose that God has for us. And so when it, it speaks a lot even to just him as a Lord and a Savior because God created us in such a way that we would be in worship with him. That's our most original and most normal context of living is to be in perfect relationship and perfect trust of him. But when we fell out of that because of sin, it became a restoration project that God wanted to bring. That God wanted to save us to bring us back to something that he created us for. I think that, you know, when you think about your own creation and you think about the way that you were made, you know, you weren't drawn up at the last minute by God. When you think about even just like a paper that you would do like the night before a project or whatever, and then you write it and you turn it in and you're like, well, that one didn't have a lot of effort. That's not my best work. That's not how God created you. That God put so much effort and care into who you were even before the creation of the world. You know, one of my friends from college, um, we went to Westview together, but uh, he, made, he made a big mistake. Um, and he, he got a girl pregnant. And that kid was born. And, you know, the kid is a couple years old now. And I just can't happen but think of what that kid's going to think about himself when he thinks, he looks back and he looks at his parents, is he going to think that he's just an accident? That he was just a mistake to be made? And that is farther from the truth. Because it's not the context of your natural birth that determines who you are as a human being. Can, we just, can I just speak that over you guys this morning? No matter how you were born, no matter what you came from, doesn't determine who you are. God, who is your Lord and your Father, determines who you are. And he made you who you were called to be. I think that you look at the scripture where it says in verse 16 that, you know, all things were created by him. They were all things were created through him. That God made everything through him, including us in this room. But he made all things for him. That we were created in such a way that we were meant for Jesus. And if we were created by God, that means we were created for him. That literally in the way that you were created and in your DNA, you were made to trust in Jesus. And when you don't do that, when you say, I'm not going to trust God with my full heart, you are, you're not functioning to the fullness of who you were made to be. That you're, that you're falling short. You're not, you're not giving everything. You're not living out exactly the way that God wants you to be. And he desires you to be in that. He desires you to be living out the fullness of what you were created for. I think when it comes to even things like your relationships to your parents... Did you know that you were made for Jesus in the way that you relate to your parents? That when you trust Jesus with the way that you respect your parents, that that is living out the fullness, that it's actually going to give you life. It's actually going to make you better. It's going to bring more joy. It's going to bring more peace. It's going to bring you to a healthier place in your heart. When you relate to your siblings in fullness and the trusting of Jesus, that it brings you to a healthy place. Your friends, your friendships, your grades... Your sports teams, your sports careers were all meant to center around Jesus. That they were meant to rely on such a way that if Jesus weren't there, you would literally fall to the ground because you're leaning so hard on him. Even think about just the way that you would treat your enemies, certain situations at school, the way that you would talk to people were all meant to center around Jesus. Not just parts of it. All of it was meant to. That's how we were created. 
I think even with this, when you, when you look at just creation and you look at God as a creator, it speaks this thing over you. You have infinite value and so do those around you. You have an infinite value on you because God created you. No human being created you. God created you. And that gives you more value than you could ever imagine in your life. And I don't know what's spoken over you. I don't know what people have told you about yourself. And I don't know necessarily what even those who are closest to you, family has spoken over you. What I want to tell you on behalf of the living God is that you are loved beyond imagination. And that you will always be loved. And there's nothing God desires more than for you to draw near to him. No one can tell you who you are. And the opposite's true as well. You can't tell anyone who they are too. That's why even God would be so hard and say, do not judge. Don't speak something over someone that's not true. Don't speak something over someone that I haven't approved or that I don't say over someone. It all comes back to this idea of creation and who we are. And not only does it affect our lives and just the things that we're going through right now of saying, well, we were meant to live for God right now. What it also means is that you are meant to live out your entire life for God as well. In Ephesians 2.10, the scripture says, for we are God's handiwork. Can we say that together? For we are God's handiwork. That literally you're the work and the craft of God's hands. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You were prepared in advance to do good works and to live a life serving Christ. That's the handiwork of God that he would look at you as he's creating you and he would say, I am going to make you in such a way that you are going to serve God with all of your heart. And if you try to do something else it's not going to function as well as it could. And it's going to be moving away from me rather than living in me. It's going to be hard to live life or to find peace or to find joy and to find rest in anything but serving me. That's how God created us, that we were meant to live for him. Jesus coming into your life isn't changing your normal life to something else, but it's returning it to normal. I want to repeat that. Jesus coming in your life isn't changing your normal life to something else, saying, well, I know this life right now that I'm living is normal, and anything that God changes is going to be new, and it's going to be different. It's going to make me uncomfortable. And you might feel those feelings, but here's the truth of the matter. In the whole realm, when you step out and you look over creation the way that God does, and you take it into consideration, actually, we were born into an unnormal foreign world in sin. That that's not home for us. Home is actually living in God. And every time that you choose to trust God with more of your heart, every time that you run Him, every minute that you get closer to God is a minute closer to what you were meant to be normally. It's growing a little more like, you sh- like God always intended you to be. With each step that you take closer to God is a step closer to who you were really meant to be. It can be easy to get those turned around and say, I'm normal now and everything I do is going to make me something unknown. But really it's the opposite. When we aren't with God, we're unknown. But the closer we grow to God, we become more and more known. And that starts with faith. If I could call the worship team back up. You know, I think talking about God's creation is something that we, we rejoice in. It's something that we get to celebrate in the same way that it says the angels celebrate over God and his goodness. 
that he is holy and that no one could create the universe, no one could create us kind of the way that God does. But it also puts into realization of what our life means right now. Because God, if God is truly your creator and you were made by God and for God, that means the only way you'll truly be able to live in this world, the only way you'll truly be able to live is if you're in full surrender to him. And maybe you're in a place in your heart where you just, you know, you've lost sight of your value. You've lost sight that you were created by God and for God. Maybe you've never heard that before, that all I heard was, I'm a sinner and I need to be forgiven by God. But the whole context of it is that you were created by God and then sin brought you out of relationship. And God would desire nothing more than to bring you back. God desires nothing more than for you to live in full trusting relationship, which is a decision that we get to make every day of our lives to him. So where you're at, if you want to just bow your heads, we're going we're gonna to respond. And Maybe something's been stirring in your heart this morning that you say, God, you're a good creator, and the greatest of his creations is you. And the most beloved of his creations is you. Maybe you hear that and you think, not me. You say, God, I couldn't possibly be. But God knew you before you knew yourself. And God loved you before you even knew you even came to existence. And he would desire nothing more than for you to be close to him. And no sin could get in the way of that. So maybe you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you just say, God, I just I I see that you've created me. You've created this world around me, and I, I fell out of relationship, and there's nothing my Father in heaven desires more than for me to come home and to love me and to forgive me and to be in relationship with me. And If that's you this morning, I just want you to just nod your head to God and just say, I, I accept that, that Jesus is the one who forgives me by dying on the cross and forgiving me of all my sins. Maybe you're here this morning, and uh, just to know that God is your creator means that he's author over your life that God wrote you, that he made you in a certain way to live every day for him. And maybe you're just not sure about that because you didn't know that. Maybe you've been trying to live a different life from the one that God created you for, and you just need to come back right now. Maybe there are certain things in your heart. Maybe you are living for God, but there are certain rooms of your house inside of you that you're not opening to him. And right now you just need to open it up and say, I need to intend this room for creation again. I need to give this back to the Lord. And Lord, I know that you'll cover me in your grace and that you'll lead me in what you created me for. If that's you, I want to pray with you right now that, that Lord, you're good to us and you're our creator and you create new things inside of us. You create beautiful things inside of us, Lord. That, Lord, you stood before creation, Lord, and you, you called it good. And Lord, whenever we're in you, whenever we come to you, we're declared good. So, Lord, this morning, we just acknowledge and we just praise you as our Lord and our Savior, but also our Creator. And that, Lord, you created us for good works, prepared in advance. Lord, our purpose in life was prepared in advance for us to do. So, God, would you even speak purpose over us? Would you just reveal your good purpose to us with each day that we walk in you? Would you teach us how to trust in you, Lord, because we were created to trust in you, and that's the only way we can live. And so, God, we love you. Lord, we thank you for who you are, and we rejoice in who you are because of what you've provided for us and what you call us to in your life. And in your name we pray. Amen. If you guys want to go ahead and stand up.